the One More Verse podcast. This is John Nix, and I'm excited to have you along on this Thursday, December the 3rd, 2015. Today's reading was 1 Samuel chapter 23, verses 15 through 18, and chapter 24, verses 1 through 22. So come on. And let's discuss what we read together. What started out as a beautiful friendship suddenly turned to hatred. The relationship between Saul and David became adversarial very quickly. What seemed like was going to be a brilliant partnership where a young youth demonstrated his faith and was even given the hand of the king's daughter in marriage suddenly turned with jealousy and distrust, and it became toxic very quickly. And so once Saul had settled a Philistine threat, he again turned his attention to tracking down his rival, David. Now, when we say rival, it's not as if David was actively trying to sabotage the king and take over, but he definitely had to go and hide. Because the truth of the matter is, Saul had decided that David needed to die. This would take care of all the problems. And so when Saul was able to turn his attention toward tracking down David once again, he received some reports that David was hiding in the area of En Gedi. And so Saul took 3,000 men and began to march in that direction. Can you imagine this entire army that just faced the Philistine threat is now marching after a small band of men? And while en route to find David, Saul entered into one of the caves that was probably a part of the sheepfold to relieve himself. What he did not know is that as he entered this cave, and his men obviously had escorted him as far as the cave, but he needed some privacy, that while he went into the dark parts of the cave to escape the heat to have some privacy, David and some of his men were hiding in the inner recesses of that same cave. Can you imagine what it must have been like when you recognize that the man that you're running from, that as you have been going about the wilderness and going from cave to cave and trying your best to stay away from him and to stay out of harm's way, suddenly the king that wants your life is by himself vulnerable and in the same cave. Now, David's men quickly rallied to his side and they reminded David that God had promised one day that he was going to be the king and that he was going to deliver all of David's enemies into his hand. And so you can just picture as David creeps forward, you would think that for this king who had not kept his end of the bargain, who wanted to take his life, who had even attempted to harm David before, that perhaps some of the anger and bitterness that had been bubbling below the surface would suddenly boil over. That in a violent fit, that perhaps David would just lose self-control and take the life of Saul. But as David crept forward in the dark, his heart just wouldn't let him do it. And so he cut off the edge of Saul's robe. Now, this is going to be something that would be pretty uh, amazing just to see how close you have to get to get to Saul's robe and cut off uh, one of the edges. But he only cuts off the edge and he returns to his men. And when he returns to his men, he is absolutely heartbroken. He is guilt stricken because he had even dared just to cut the robe of God's anointed. 
the conversation between David and his men must have been a difficult one, for his men were ready to seize this moment. This was where David could become king, and Saul really had no place to go. There was nowhere to hide. He did not have his army with him. And so it must have been quite the speech that David gave his men when he told them and persuaded them not to touch Saul, not to harm him. And so Saul leaves the cave. And as he leaves the cave, David actually comes out. Now imagine the risk that that was all by itself. David comes out of the cave. There is an army of 3,000 men. He's just had the opportunity to take the life of Saul, and he's taken a corner of his robe, and it would have been a whole lot easier just to hide in the dark cave and hope that they would all pass by. But instead, he went out of the cave. And he called after Saul, and he greets him with respect because of the position. He calls him, my lord, the king, and Saul looks at him. And when he looks at him, David bows with his face to the earth, and he pays homage to this king who wants to kill him, who has been um, unjust in the way that he's dealt with him and unfair. And David said to Saul, why are you listening to these people? They're, They're trying to tell you that I'm trying to harm you, but the truth is I'm not trying to do that at all. I want you to understand what just took place. This is the cave where you were, and you were given into my hand. There were even some people who told me to kill you, but I want you to know you are alive, and I spared you because I will not put out my hand against my Lord. He is the Lord's anointed. And then he goes so far as to call him my father. He is his father-in-law, but he says, See, my father, see the corner of your robe in my hand. He verifies the facts. This is not just sentimentality. Here's a part of your robe. I cut it off and I could have killed you in that moment, but I did not. And he said, I've not sinned against you, but yet you are hunting me and you want to take my life. Then he invokes the Lord's authority and he says, may the Lord's judge between you and me and may the Lord avenge me against you. But my hand will not be against you. And so in this moment, He even, in a self-deprecating way, says, Why why are you even here? As the king of Israel, who did you pursue? I'm only a dead dog. And so he says, May the Lord judge and give sentence between me and you. And when David had finished speaking, even Saul, who wanted to take his life, whose advisors were telling him, You can't trust David. He says, Is this your voice, my son, David? And Saul even lifted up his voice and wept. He confessed in front of his entire army and all of David's men that he was more righteous than the king had been. And he said that you repaid me good and I had been evil. And he said that he has dealt well with him and you didn't kill me. And he goes on so far and he asked the Lord to bless him and reward him with the good that he had done on that day. And he even states before the army that he knows that David will be king. Can you imagine What a drastic turn in the events. A king coming to kill David is now proclaiming before David, his men, and all of this army of 3,000 that David will one day be king and that the kingdom of Israel would be established in his hand. And so they make a covenant together because Saul doesn't want David to destroy his family, which would have been a reasonable thing that happened a lot of time when the royal line changed families. But David swore this oath. And then Saul went home, but David did not go with Saul. David went by himself, and he went with his men, and he went up to the stronghold. What will you do when faced with opportunity? 
It seems that opportunity sometimes brings out the worst in us. But David recognized that there is an authority greater than opportunity. Just because we can do things does not mean that we should. And so we must ask ourselves questions like, Is it wise? Does it honor God? Is it in accordance with his word? David refused to take the life of a sinful king because there was a higher authority. The law of God had said that you shouldn't murder. The position of the king was to be revered and respected. And so David did not do what was wrong in order to achieve right end. Instead, he did what was right, and God honored that, and he spared his life. Thanks for listening to the One More Verse podcast. For more information about Vertical Purpose or One More Verse, visit johnnicks.org. I would love to hear from you, so find me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram using the handle TheJohnNicks. And don't forget to download the Vertical Purpose app for additional resources. Thanks again, and join me tomorrow for the One More Verse podcast.